0: of Soraway, away it's time now to head overseas on the ground bringing you stories from every corner of the globe on time's radio <laughs> on the ground is where we speak to correspondents from around the world about the stories making headlines on their patch and today we are in mexico with the times correspondent john bonfilio uh, welcome back john always a delight to talk to you and it sounds like uh, yeah Sounds like things are pretty heated. The temperature is pretty hot um, in Mexico City but not necessarily literally the temperature. Let's talk about the caravan of 3,000 migrants who are marching towards the city to protest against the use of migrant detention centres. This may come as a surprise to some of our listeners as it did to me um, because of course normally the narrative we hear about is Mexicans um, migrating to the US but this is an altogether different story.
1: Yeah, and actually Mexicans migrating or moving illegally to the U.S., those numbers have come down significantly over the course of the last 10 years or so. Most migrants now are actually from uh, Central America, from Honduras, uh, Guatemala, El Salvador, and increasingly at the moment there's a mass exodus from Cuba and, of course, Venezuela that that we already know about. What's particularly interesting about this story, Mariela, as you say, it's a thousand-strong caravan of migrants that's making its way, walking up through... Um, astronomical temperatures in the sort of spring, early summer of Mexico, but as often happens with the news cycle, I think it's really a story within a story. On the face of it, they are protesting migrant protection and a call for justice relating to a fire that killed forty migrants uh, last month at a detention center in Ciudad Juárez. But actually, it's what's interesting about it is that it really is a, an attempt by these migrants. Uh, by calling international attention to the incident, not just to protest, but also to shield themselves from the dangers that migrants usually face on their long um, walk through Mexico. It's smart and it's necessary and it's a move to insulate themselves because the more that they draw international attention to not just the general plight of migrants, but also their own specific plight, Uh, It inures them, if you like. It takes uh, international news journalists with them and it inures them from the perils of organised crime and uh, perhaps corrupt local law enforcement and, and so on. So really it's an attempt by migrants to just control their passage through Mexico a
0: little bit. John, it sounds like um, Mexican uh, issues persist and yet you said that the numbers of Mexicans uh, migrating to the US has, has, has dwindled quite considerably over the last 10 years or so. Does that uh, suggest that Donald Trump's threats of a wall and the part-built wall made a difference? What, what's stopping Mexicans from, from leaving as they once did?
1: I think, uh, you know, whether you like it or not, hardline policies certainly have an effect on, I mean, just at the moment, numbers are actually down a little bit at the border and that's because the Biden administration has expanded the use of what's called Title 42, which was brought in during the pandemic, to summarily remove migrants from the border on public health grounds. So, you know, migrants, uh, we often see them as the, sort of you know uh, poor individuals with uh, little recourse. But they are switched on to new cycles. They know when it's uh, when they're most likely to be successful in in moving and crossing um, the the border. So. Uh, and specifically as regards Mexican migration, really a lot of that has to do with, uh, with policy making and also economic development in, uh, in Mexico. There is less of a need, perhaps, if you, think, if you think about the sort of pull and push factors, the pull factors are still there. But the push factors that drive Cuban, Venezuelan, Central American migrants in terms of persecution, poverty, natural disaster, violence and crime are significantly reduced in Mexico now as compared to those other countries.
0: And is that in part um, credited to the administration because uh, you have another story for me about Mexico's president finally finding a buyer for a luxury presidential jet that he once called an insult to the people. It does sound uh, like, yeah, a change of of ethos perhaps in the corridors of power. Is is that correct? Is, is, Is this jet emblematic of that?
1: I, th- I think you're right, and certainly the, the current Mexican president uh, regularly referred to as AMLO, um, his his approval ratings remain sky high, and certainly what has marked his tenure from other tenures is, uh, I mean, he definitely positions himself as a populist, as, as a man of the people, but he has brought significant portions of the Mexican population out of poverty. And when he came into power in uh, 2018, he immediately declared Austerity for government officials. He said that uh, presidents can't uh, imagine to live like kings when the people are poor. He referred to previous presidents as little pharaohs. And the highest, perhaps one of the highest-profile decisions that he made was to sell the presidential plane, which had only ever been used uh, once. The problem was that no one was buying, and it became uh, a huge national joke and been in the news this week because Tajikistan has come in with an offer of ninety-two million dollars. They have a week. Uh, to come and pick up the plane uh, and take it back uh, across to to Eastern Europe. Uh, He's presenting it as something of a victory, but if you consider the fact that only a couple of years ago he was looking for a £220 price tag on the plane, uh, you know, that's arguably something of a a bargain for the Tajikistan authorities.
0: John Bonfilio, always a mine of information. Thank you so much for joining us on the ground uh, from Mexico. Let's talk again soon.